Stories are mementos which remind us of where we've been and how far we've come. My name is Osadmebi, and every week I usually tell you a short story written by a Nigerian writer or author. This week, it's not quite a short story, but an excerpt from the first audiobook I narrated, which is available to buy on Audible and iTunes. Written by Onyinye Terizan Zerem, Honey Out of Carcass is a riveting true life story of hope, gratitude, and healing. It's an absorbing and factual narrative hinged on Onyinye's recollection of certain arduous experiences in her life the aftermath of which would have either heightened or dissipated her faith. So without much ado, the circumstances under which we met and his visit and afterwards are from part two of Honey Out of Carcass. One more thing. Listen to the end for a chance to win a free copy of the audiobook. the circumstances under which we met. I had forgotten all about the dreams until May of the same year when events began to unfold. I had visited home for the Easter break. The trip was necessary because my mom wasn't in the country and I had to help my dad. My mom and dad had traveled to the U.S. for my sister's graduation, but my mom stayed a while longer in the U.S. It was quite a busy time for me since University of Nigeria and Suka, my school, was preparing for her 40th anniversary. I was a member of the Students' Representative Council, and I was on the committee saddled with planning responsibilities. My plate was full, to say the least. Since it was a season of celebration, and I had been away for a while, I decided to pay my uncle a visit. I went in the company of my aunt. I recall I was wearing a green velvet dress, a dress which belonged to my aunt. Considering how busy I was, I did not have the time to make my hair, so I just combed and packed it as I went about my business. On getting to my uncle's house that fateful day, I noticed a car, other than his, parked outside his residence. I suspected he had a guest. Once we were inside, I noticed my uncle indeed had a guest. We exchanged pleasantries, and for some odd reason, I did not like the man visiting my uncle. It wasn't anything he said or did. I just had this dislike for him, and so my defenses were up. To avoid him, I busied myself with watching television. My uncle was surprised by the new me because normally I would interact with people, including those I was meeting for the first time. Then, as if to further irritate me, my uncle decided to start an all-inclusive conversation. He asked the man if he knew me, and immediately added I was Mr. Naze's daughter. In response, he said he knew Mr. Naze and all his children, but didn't know me. My uncle, God bless his soul, innocently proceeded to introduce us. His name? Bernard Nzerem. My aunt and cousin, my uncle's daughter, were also present, being as chatty and friendly as ever, but everyone was oblivious to the mounting irritation in my mind. Next thing, my uncle began to ask me about school. I told him school was fine and I was returning to school the following week. I went on to mention the school's 40th anniversary we were preparing for and the man caught in 
announcing he might be attending the event. In my mind, I was like, why would you be there? I ignored what he said about being present. Just then, he added that FUTO, Federal University of Technology Oweri, was in fact better than UNN. Remember the mountain irritation I mentioned earlier? Well, I erupted. I used his comment as an opportunity to launch an attack in defense of UNN. By the time I was done, everybody looked at me bewildered. My aunt quickly announced we were ready to take our leave, and we left my uncle's house. It would be years later that I discovered my audacity and how I presented my argument in favor of UNN endeared me to him and made him decide I was in fact the woman he should get married to. I later got to know my husband had commenced that year, 2001, fasting and praying. The fast was necessary because he had a history of issues with his relationships. His relationships would always progress fine until conversations to do with marriage started. It had gotten so bad, he did everything within his power to stay as far away from the village as possible just to avoid marriage conversations with his parents. It was no coincidence that the time of his fast was the same time God was revealing things about marriage to me. He also told me that the moment I stepped into my uncle's house that fateful day, he saw a beam of light flashing brightly behind me and he heard God whisper I was his wife his visit, and afterwards. Well, the next day, I left for UNN, and he also left for the oil rig. I returned home three months later, as he also did from work, and the first thing he did was pay my parents a visit. The day he visited, I was in the kitchen, and I noticed someone standing behind me. So I turned, and it was the same man I met at my uncle's a few months back. Remember he said he knew my dad, So this was him paying what was supposed to look like a harmless visit. My dad came into the sitting room to see the person who was visiting. They exchanged pleasantries and interacted for a while. As they visited, my dad showed him pictures of my sister's graduation. Before he left our house that day, he told me someone asked him to deliver a gift to me, but I had to come to his office to pick it up. Incidentally, I was broke and I had been asking God to stir someone to gift me money. So you can imagine my excitement when he spoke about having a gift for me. It was an answer to prayer. But on second thought, it didn't make sense, since we did not have any mutual friends. I told him it didn't add up, but he said if I didn't believe him, it was okay. He gave me his office address and gave me an appointment for Monday, then took his leave. That Monday... Since I was scheduled to get my hair done, I went to the salon. Meanwhile, I was battling with a terrible headache throughout the day, and I was just barely managing through the day. To be honest, at some point, I contemplated cancelling my appointment with him. Just then, I was reminded of the message I had listened to earlier in the month, let your yes be yes. With this reminder, I saw how important it was for me to show up as promised, regardless of how I felt. By this time, it was 3 p.m., when my appointment with him was for 10 a.m. That Monday was 29th of May, and he had gotten to the office only to realize it was a holiday. I, on the other hand, had mentioned the appointment to my mom, as it wasn't my habit to hide anything from her, and she had encouraged me to honor the invite.
Meanwhile, after the incident at my uncle's house, my aunt and cousin had narrated what happened to my mom and how I snapped. I had, in my defense, explained to my mom that I did not know what happened as the man had just gotten on my nerves. My mom, being a wise woman, told me to pray about the feeling of irritation I had towards this man. This sounded awkward initially, but I went on to pray. In my prayers, I had told God he was the creator and knew me so he should help me deal with the weird feeling I had whenever I was around this man. And that was the end of the prayer for me. Once I reached the decision to honor the invite, I got set and stepped out. I hailed a taxi and told him where I was headed, and he demanded a fare of 300 naira. The price sounded ridiculously high for my destination, so I told him to just leave. As far as I was concerned, I wasn't willing to honor the meeting in the first place, so this could just be the reason I had been looking for. To my surprise, the gentleman looked at me and asked me to pay 100 naira. If you are familiar with Potakot in Nigeria, you would know that 100 naira was a ridiculously cheap price for the distance, Rumola to Transamadi. I took another look at the cabman as if waiting for him to change his mind, but he didn't, so I got into the cab. Halfway through the trip, unable to cope with the headaches, which had really gone bad at this time, I apologized to the cabman and requested we make a U-turn explaining I was having a very severe headache. Then I offered to pay 300 naira in total to cover for both trips. He encouraged me not to go back and even offered to make all the inquiries needed to locate my destination. At that point, what I felt was a mixture of fear and surprise, seeing the driver was clearly going out of his way to ensure I made that trip. Upon arrival, the driver looked at me and said, Go well. Then, I purposed in my heart that if the person at the gate so much as asked for my name, I would return home. On mentioning I was there to see Mr. Bernard, the security man immediately asked if I was Onyinye, and I answered in the affirmative. He let me in. Seeing that I was in the compound, I immediately resolved to turn back if the corridor leading to his office wasn't air-conditioned. As I opened the door and stepped into the corridor, I was greeted by the cool breeze from the air conditioner. This melted my doubts. The funny thing is, on subsequent visits to his office, that corridor wasn't cold. As a matter of fact, I later discovered it never had an air conditioner. Upon getting to his office, I apologized for coming late and went straight to business. I asked for the gift, then he looked at me, and passed a comment about how beautiful my hair was. I thanked him and immediately added it had nothing to do with him as I was already scheduled for a hairdo before we fixed an appointment to meet. To my surprise, he had other things up his sleeves because he announced we should have lunch together. He added that it was the condition for receiving the gift he was sent to give me. Although I wasn't pleased with this new direction he was going, I reminded myself that the gift itself was an answer to prayer, so it wouldn't hurt to eat lunch with him. We got to the fast food place, and we had lunch. Then he said he heard something about me, and he's thinking of the best way to pass across. As soon as I heard that, I began to think to myself, these people won't desist from their village gossip. Since I wanted to get it over with, I reached for my bag. 
got a piece of paper and a pen, and handed them to him. I asked that he write whatever it was he heard, since he was finding it difficult to talk about it. He scribbled for a few minutes and handed the sheet back to me. Behold, it was a four-stanza poem. At this point, I knew I was in for it. I was dumbfounded. Although I knew what to say, I could not utter any words. Then, from nowhere, the revelation I saw in January raced through my mind. And for a moment, I could not believe what was happening. And then God whispered to me that he was the same man I had seen in my dream in January. I took another look, this time at his hands, and they were fair. At this point, I started shaking because it was too much to process. Suddenly, everything was wrong with me all at once. Then he said, I like the way you are handling this. Other ladies would have reacted differently. But in my heart, I was pleading with God, telling him how much I wasn't comfortable with the man sitting in front of me. God's response was simple. If after you leave this place, you still feel that hatred, then don't marry him. I can't exactly say how, but he noticed I wasn't feeling very well and offered to take me to the hospital, but I asked to be taken home. By the time we got to the car, I was really searching for the hatred I felt for him, and I could not find it. I kept reminding myself I hated him and couldn't marry him. Once we reached my house and he dropped me off, I ran into my father's house as fast as my legs could carry me and bolted the gate. I did not speak to anybody for two days. That night, I did not eat. My mom asked what was going on and all I could say was, he said he likes me. My mom looked at me and said, what are you going to say? My response was, I wasn't interested in dating anybody. He called me the next day, but I did not pick. My mom picked the phone and told him I wasn't feeling well. He called the day after that, and I refused to pick. My guess is, my mom had sensed something more than the ordinary had happened, so she kept making excuses for me over the phone. Then she finally told me to speak to him, and I declined out of fear. Then, one evening, a few days after he handed me the poem, I was told I had a guest, and he was the one. He outrightly told my mom he came to see me. The fact he had the gods to come to my father's house and say I was the reason for his visit was something which registered well with me. For me, it was proof he was bold and audacious. Remember lots of people lived in my house, so gas cooker wasn't exactly a great choice for cooking. We used firewood, and there was this corner where the cooking was done. I had invited him to join me at the firewood corner, just to rattle him, and he had joined without objecting. Just then, God whispered, I have prepared this guy for you, and nothing you do will chase him away. As we sat by the fireplace, it started to generate very serious and unfriendly smoke, at which point I was the one who suggested we change locations. In response, he said he did not have any issue with firewood and jokingly added that food prepared with firewood is sweeter.
Onyinye Teresa Nzerem resides in Port Harcourt, Nigeria. She attended the University of Nigeria in Suka, where she majored in linguistics. She is a certified document controller and fellow of the Institute for Humanitarian Studies and Social Development. An astute God lover, she is also the convener of Coffee Time with Onyai, a lifestyle talk show which explores daily Christian living. Listen every Monday at 8 p.m. West African time on Facebook. A consummate Igbo woman, she is president of Aladimma Ndomnaze Association, Potakot branch. She is married to engineer Bernard Anyawo Nzerem, and they are blessed with three beautiful children. You can connect with Onyinye on Instagram at Onyinye Nazerem and at Coffee Time with Onyai and on Facebook at Coffee Time with Onyai. Details will be in the episode description. If you're based in the UK and the US, I'm giving away two audiobook copies of Honey Out of Carcass. For a chance to win, Send me a DM either on Facebook or Instagram at Osadimevi stating the title of Onyinye's book. <laughs> Easy enough, right? Entries close at midday West African time on Friday the 9th of December 2022. Winners will be randomly selected on the same day and announced. If you've got a story you would like to be featured on this podcast or a published book you want to make into an audiobook, Send me a DM on Facebook or Instagram at Osadumibi. I look forward to collaborating with you. And if you've enjoyed this week's episode, tell a friend that stories are a good escape for a few minutes each week.